The views and opinions expressed here on Wrestling Wind Down are those of the host and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of any other agency, organization, employer, or company. What's up, guys? It's Lo, and you are tuned in to Wrestling Wind Down, a female-founded and hosted podcast dedicated to professional wrestling and our favorite adult beverage. We are back with another episode of Chardonnay and Cheesemate, your wrestling girl talk. I am joined, as always, by Iridian Fierro of the Rest Friends podcast to spill the wine on all things pro wrestling. If you're a fan of the legit boss, it might be time to book your ticket to Chicago as Mercedes Renardo, also known as Sasha Banks, was announced as the latest participant in the C2E2 convention in Chicago this upcoming August. We'll also be spilling the wine on the premature news that was shared about WWE Raw moving from TV PG to TV 14. And finally, we are asking you, our our listeners, one of the biggest questions that is looming over the wrestling community currently. Where the hell is MJF? So grab your glass of wine. We're going in for the three count. We are back with another episode of Chardonnay and Cheese Made the Ultimate Wrestling Girl Talk. I feel like our tagline for this show should be from the DMs to the mic. That's good. I've that's, never that's heard one. about that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like that one. We're going to push forward with that one, I think. <laughs> I figured since we haven't been here in a little bit, we'll just talk about the latest in the world of wrestling wine down as well as rest friends. So we both have merch stores. We were originally with a company. We don't know where they are anymore. We don't know him, just like Mariah Carey said. So we moved to spring. It's been a okay experience so far. So I think I've had my store a little bit longer than you have. Wine 316 shirt, uh, our logo is on a shirt. The highly talked about 1-800-WAR-DADDY shirt is still on the shop for a couple more weeks until I decide to put something else up in terms of Wardlow. And Black Wrestling Queen shirt just came back. We have new colors. Those have been doing very well. 25% of the profits will be donated to Girl Wonder. They are a professional pipeline 501c3 initiative giving rise to ambitious women of color between the ages of 17 or 23. These shirts, I'm only going to say it here. So if you're listening, you're getting the lowdown. I'm spilling the wine for you. These shirts will only be available until all out weekend. And then they're going back in the wine down vault, right next to the 1-800 war daddy shirt. And then they might come back. They might not. I guess we'll never know. That's why you should probably get your hands on it now. Iridian, what's going on with your merch store? Yeah. So we, you, you and me are on spring together and we have our new collection, Live in La Vida Lucha, which we are very excited about. And we got fanny packs, we have stickers, we have t-shirts and sweatshirts, and we also have the rest friend championship. So if you want to rep your rest friendship, I suggest you go and get that because I, I don't know, it might be going into the vault soon too. So we're always working on something. And you know what? Your shirt is a hot commodity. The 1-800-WAR-DADDY. Very hot commodity. So, you know, I feel like this is the first time that I've even talked about this shirt on this podcast. I, I'm very surprised that it's done so well. I would like to say I am not the president of the Wardlow fan club, maybe the vice president, but every other podcast I've gone on, people are like, so Wardlow, you're a fan of Wardlow, 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 Wardlow. I've always been intrigued by him that he did security for so long for MJF without kicking his 
and finally he did and now he's TNT champion which I feel like is a good place for him currently you can find the 1-800 war daddy shirts and all of the rest of the shirts that we just talked about on shop.wrestlingwindownlv.com and where can the people find the rest friends merch yes head over to our Instagram or Twitter and our link tree will have all of that there for you so you can just do one easy click and it'll take you right to our shop we like accessibility great job Let's talk about something that is not accessible to everyone, and that's all-out tickets. They were all out of all-out tickets. Tony Khan decided that he would let everyone know that all-out tickets were going on sale. It is at the Now Arena in Hoffman Estates, which is one hour away from Chicago. And he told us Wednesday that they'd be going on sale on Friday. So that means pre-sale was the following day. The way my bank account is set up, Tony Khan, my funds don't work like that, but we made it work. So Iridian got the tickets for our group, which... We had no idea what the ticket limit was until she was in there and it said ticket limit of six and we needed seven tickets. So we were like, okay, well, we'll get the six tickets and we'll get the other one later. How was it getting six tickets? Like, I know it's a journey to get two, but to get six all next to each other, like on a scale of one to I'm just done. How was it? You know what? I think going into like the mindset that we needed seven or eight tickets had me very stressed out because getting, you know, in the past, Teddy and I have only had to get three tickets. And that has been extremely stressful because no one buys like odd number tickets or like that big of a number. You get two tickets or you get the four tickets if you're lucky. But getting the seven, I was like, oh man, I don't know how this is going to go. And I was up two hours before tickets went on sale, which, okay, let me backtrack. So Tony Khan, yes, announced it on Wednesday and everyone was like, okay, tickets go on Friday, but what about pre-sale? And I was like, oh my goodness, right. That would mean pre-sale is tomorrow morning. So heels after the show sent me a pre-sale code, but also there was like an all elite fleet. I don't know, like newsletter that was also going around and that also had a pre-sale code but I had used my heels pre-sale code for Forbidden Door and that did well. So I figured, all right, I'm just going to stick with heels and we're going to be fine. So it's 10 a.m. and I'm there and I have 600 people in front of me, which is not bad. It really isn't. You think of how many people want these tickets. And I know when Teddy logged in, she had like a thousand plus people in front of her. So I'm like, okay, so I'm clicking and I'm clicking and, you know, the tickets pop up and they are moving so fast. Like the sea of blue is quickly diminishing. And my anxiety was at an all-time high because I was messaging you and I'm like, oh my God, we only have a limit of six. So I'm clicking and I'm clicking. And as I click the tickets, people are snatching them up and buying them. And the amount of stress low, I can't, I can't even, like I was sweating and I had- All heroes don't wear capes. (laughs) I had to keep moving our section, our row back because- everyone was just buying up these tickets. So I I would click on something and they would already be gone. And I would have things in my cart and I would go, you know, to check out. And they're like, oh, sorry, your tickets are no longer available. So I was just stressed that we were going to be like in the 200s and the 300s because literally everything was gone. But I did end up managing getting tickets and getting Rampage tickets was way easier because there was only it was only one person in front of me when I logged in. I was there at the same time. There was only one person in front of me and we have floor seats for that. So catch us on Rampage on television, probably not at all out because 
<laughs> because we're in the section, we're in 100, but we are in the building, which is the most important part because general admission was Friday and a lot of people did not get their tickets. tickets girl, are gone, girl. I marched my happy ass in there about, I was there an hour before and I woke up and I was like, okay, I'm going to get this one ticket that I need. And I get in there, I'm in the queue, and I think it was like 700 people in front of me. So I was like, this isn't too bad. Like Iridian had this amount of people yesterday at pre-sale. So it starts moving really slow. It's like 750, 705, 655, 605. And then around five something, maybe four, I get a message on the bottom of the screen that says due to high ticket demands. And I was like, so then, I was probably at like five, four. It just starts going two, one, 75, five. You are next. I was like, there are no tickets left. <laughs> if they, the line just moved like that. Like that, there's nothing. Then I got in there and it said it was sold out. And I was like, damn. I sat there for like a good minute. I was like, this really just sold out while I was in the line. So then I got on Twitter, obviously. What else am I going to do? And I see everyone is making jokes about they're all out of tickets. And I was like, that's quite clever because they really are. And then I saw people complaining about why is Tony still having it at the Now Arena? He's capable of getting enough people in the United Center and people talking about how they're going to be on resale sites for three times the price, which they're not right now. They're actually a little bit affordable. So if they can drop a little bit, then we'll be set to go with that last ticket. But I want to know how many actual people bought tickets versus how many bots bought them and are now reselling them on the resale websites. And that's what bothers me about events is that you have people that are going in there for the right reasons. They want to go to a show or a concert, et cetera. And they're going in there, you know, with their resources. And then you have people who think smarter, not harder. They buy bots that go and get these tickets for them. And they can either decide that they want to go or they decide that they don't want to go. And then they resell them for like five times the price. Which is interesting because I had something like that happen when I got my second pair of tickets for double or nothing. So I originally got tickets in the 200s. I was content. I was like, whatever, like, I don't have to be close. And then as it started rolling up, I was like, oh, you know, maybe I do want to be a little bit closer. And then I saw someone tweet that some tickets had gone on sale on the floor. So I go in and I see some that are kind of close to the ramp. And I was like, oh, I'm going to get these. By the time I went to get them, they were gone. So I was like, oh, so I got some that were a little further back. We were right by the stage. I went back an hour later. The same tickets that were $135 were now almost $400. So this person went in, they bought these tickets cheap, and then they put them back not even an hour later and sold them for what? Triple the price, quadruple the price? Jail. Jail. <laughs> Why? Why? Why would you do that? Like, there are people that probably wanted those tickets and could afford them. And now you're selling them for almost $500. And I think they ended up selling them, but they did drop the price. But like, you're ripping people off at the end of the day. How do you feel? Like, come on. But you know what's crazy? Um, I also think that a lot of people who are fans who didn't even plan on going also are just in there purchasing tickets to resell them. Yeah. And they will buy whole rows out and tickets are affordable in AEW. And it's not like crazy WWE prices because even floor is like 
80, $90, maybe mm-hmm. ringside is like a hundred dollars. And like the cheapest ticket is like 30 bucks, but people will be reselling these tickets for thousands of dollars. I know for forbidden door, there was super cheap tickets. And then you went on StubHub or vivid seats and people were selling them for $2,000, $3,000. Like there's no way that people they were- said their rent has to get paid. They're going to find a way. Tony Khan, you're going to pay our rent today. It's going to be on your watch, Tony. (laughs) Let's move over to WWE. So we know the whole thing going on with Sasha Banks and Naomi. There hasn't been a lot of information provided. There's been rumors flying every other day about they're both done with the company, but no one has been told. There hasn't been an official notice to talent. No one knows what the is going on, right? Earlier this week, Mercedes Bernardo, not Sasha Banks, Mercedes was revealed that she is going to be a C2E2 in August in Chicago. And the internet went absolutely a because this is her first appearance since everything had been leaked out that the whole thing happened with them walking off, leaving the titles there. We haven't had any real clarification on what's going on with her. And a lot of people were very in tune that she used her real name on the poster. WWE was not mentioned anywhere in any of the posts that they put up. They put If you've seen her in the ring, they mentioned no company. People are excited. I'm excited. I wish I could go because this is big. This is very big. But that was one part of the news that happened. Then we get another part that comes in today. People are saying that Sasha Banks is charging $30,000 to take non-wrestling related projects. So Fightful Select said that two wrestling promoters were among those in a group that were told Sasha Banks or Mercedes is not taking any wrestling related projects until at least January 1st, 2023, and that her current asking price is $30,000. She will reportedly take non-wrestling work prior to that date. So like a convention or something of that sort will fall under that category. This is where that TikTok comes in. 30,000. That's perfect for this. Don't give away our ideas. Anyway, (laughs) people also brought up that Sasha's price can be compared to that of Sting. And the only more expensive talent than her are people like Ric Flair, Grandpa Bill Goldberg, Shawn Michaels, and the racist Hulk Hogan. The promoter went on to say that booking her for 30,000 was worth it, even at that rate, as they would make that money back. And the report adds that the 30000 quoted fee is simply for an appearance and for her not to wrestle, as stated before. This news leaked, and I saw a lot of people, mostly all people that were like, she should be charging more. 30000 is nothing for her. Then you have the men who are like, why is she charging $30,000? Talking shit or whatever. Here's my thing. Sasha Banks, from what I know, is one of the only women in this current era of WWE, other than the Bella Twins, who has been able to step out and do something that is on a grand scale. Now, I know Paige had her movie, but it wasn't, in my opinion, at a grand scale as to Star Wars the Mandalorian, right? So I feel like Sasha Banks can charge $30,000. She has that value behind her name where she can say, I'm going to charge $30,000. And I agree with this promoter. They will make their money back. Do you think Sasha Banks is worth $30,000? Oh, absolutely. And while you were talking, I did this math. Okay. So the photo op was $90. And that's what I paid for, which seems super cheap because like John Cena was, I think, $150 and duos are like the Bella twins and Jeff Hardy and Matt Hardy have been 120 before. So I'm like, okay, you know, reasonable. I think that's fine. So I paid 
$100 for the meet and greet for the, the photo op because I wanted a digital picture too. So if she's charging 30000 and I paid $100, she only needs to sell 300 photo ops in general to have them make that money back. So that's just on photos alone. That's not autographs. That's not merch that she might be selling there. And she's there Saturday and Sunday. So you're going to tell me that Sasha's not going to have more than 300 people in her line. Like there's no way they're absolutely going to make their money back and good for Sasha because, you know, we haven't seen her and I know she's going to get a lot of fans asking about like hundred percent and she might get interviewed. I, I don't know like what's going to happen, but good for her for actually taking things that are outside of WWE because we technically still don't know if she's with, if she's not with the company, but she needs to make her money regardless. So Period. Had conventions and this is only one convention. And they, yes, they the did say yeah. that she might be announced for other ones in the coming weeks. And my thing is these people that are complaining, you cannot afford her. First of all, that would you complain if Charlotte Flair did the same thing? Would mm-hmm. you complain if Becky Lynch did the same thing? Or any of the men, like literally, if Roman was out here, like if Roman would have left his championship belt and the next thing you know, Roman's out here charging 30,000, people would be like, oh my God, it's Roman Reigns. He should be charging more. Like, right. come on. I think Sasha, whatever is happening, no one knows what the is happening, right? But I think it's almost like a watch me do this type of thing for her. The first thing that we've really heard her do other than, you know, the little appearances with her family and Snoop and, and stuff like that, is for her to be at a convention with her real name. She has Sasha Banks on the poster, but has no mention of WWE. Like, she's out here like, I am the boss. I'm going to boss up and get my money. You all know what's going on with me, but I'm going to get my money regardless. And I have to commend her for that. And I know a lot of people have been like, well, what's going on with Naomi? Where does this leave Naomi? Naomi is out here living her best life. And I applaud her because she has been with that company for so long and i have said it time and time again they have not utilized this woman to the best of her ability and now we see you know she's spending time with her family her dogs and she's posting quotes and people are jumping to conclusions and stuff like that but at the end of the day as a fan as a women's wrestling fan i want these two women to thrive i want them to be happy i don't want them to be in an environment where it's like they aren't appreciated for the work that they're doing whether it's as a tag team or as a singles competitor and i feel like honestly from what we've heard and what we've seen over the years these women have not been appreciated now we're at a place where we have one black woman on the main roster which is completely unacceptable and we have a handful within NXT or like them training them right because they've brought in some of the next level athletes that are African-American women which is great don't get me wrong but on your weekly television shows currently you have Lash Legend and you have Bianca Belair you have two black women out of how many women on your roster and that's acceptable I think the not you trick ass no Ditto. You can quote me on that. Ditto. So I think it'll be interesting to see how the whole Sasha Banks, Mercedes Bernardo at C2E2 will go and her interactions with people. And I hope that fans have enough respect for her as a performer and as a fucking human being to not be asking her. So so what's going on with with WWE? What, what can you tell me? Like if you're spending ninety dollars, one hundred dollars to meet this woman to take a picture at least respect her privacy, right? I have something better to say. Thank you. Because literally everything goes by so quick. And like, that's what you want to spend. That's what you want to waste your time saying. Like, there's no way. There's no way. So I hope that Sasha 
has a good time at this convention and or Mercedes, right? I hope Mercedes has a great time at this convention. And I hope this is just the, the start for her because she's a star and like, we know this and we've supported them, you know, her and Naomi for such a long time that I understand why they got tired because we were tired every week. So right. I hope that, you know, this is the start of something new and something good for both of them. I do think it's unfortunate that since they've left, there has been talks of a tag team competition for the women to crown a new champion and we've yet to see it. And to be completely honest with you, I don't think we will see it. So it almost proves these women right that they don't take their women's tag team competition seriously. You have these titles that you made a huge grand deal about. You had women hold them who are either in these established tag teams like the Iconics or you had Bailey and Sasha. You had they threw Naomi and Sasha together, but they worked so well that you wouldn't have known that they weren't a tag team previously other than Team Bad. But you also had these thrown together teams that they put titles on and it made no sense to us fans. But at the end of the day, we're being proven right that they don't take them seriously, because at this point, if you really cherish and appreciated those titles and you wanted to have them showcased within your company, you would have figured out some type of way to put together a tournament or to plan out a tournament to where you can establish these tag teams to put them in the tournament. I don't know. It feels like we're in a uh, SmackDown versus Raw 2022. I guess we have to create the tag teams. I'm really not sure. Mm -mm. I'm going to put myself in manager mode because you need something to get done. Period. Let me draft the roster. Let me draft it. (laughs) (laughs) Let's move on to this news that kind of broke Twitter this week. People were very shocked to hear this. So Andrew Zarian reported earlier this week that a memo was sent out within USA Network about TV ratings for WWE Raw changing to TV 14. But now there's another report that has come out that says that it was premature and the decision is not finalized yet. So as we know, WWE, they presented a very mature product in the late 90s. I was born in the late 90s, so I didn't follow it like that, but I've watched since. And we know that around 2008 is when WWE kind of started to soften things down to make it more kid-friendly, make it appropriate. The biggest thing I can think of is when they changed John Cena's finisher name. That's when I knew they were going PG. John Cena had the STF. He had the FU. Then you had the attitude adjustment. So you're like, okay, you're trying to change it. So we've been in this PG era for a good, what, almost 15 years now. And, you know, now I guess they're deciding that they might want to go back, which does it really affect us like that? I don't know. But, you know, I feel like this might be in response to AEW because I feel like every week that I watch AEW, at least in one match, there's blood. And, you know, people, anytime we go to a wrestling show, specifically AEW or even WWE, Hell in a Cell, do you remember how people were screaming, I want tables, I want chairs. Like people were losing their minds. Like they thought we were at a GCW show. People want that extra something. Right. Just like a good wrestling match. Like people want a little bit something else. And I mean, I guess, I mean, I don't watch AEW to be like, oh my God, yes, there's going to be blood here. And I don't go to wrestling shows specifically for that. Mm -hmm. But I do remember that when WWE was not PG, that we were having the main events that was Edge and Lita having sex. So are we going to go back to that? Like, are we going to have more segments like that? Or are we going to get like John Cena having two belts 
and being bloody at the top rope. Like we need to find what its purpose is for, because I feel right. like just have a, a PG-14 just cause, you know. Well, I feel like in my opinion, WWE isn't really doing anything that edgy at this point to where they would need to be TV-14 unless they are going to go back to doing the more scandalous stuff. Like, are you going to give us extreme expose? Like, what's going on here? What are we doing? Like, what is the reason as to why you would change the ratings all of a sudden? This doesn't change for me, like as a fan, it doesn't have an impact on me. Like if it's PG, if it's TV 14, whatever, like I'm still going to consume the product as I do, but I am interested to know like what that will do in terms of like how they utilize their superstars, how that will impact them. Because to be completely honest, I hope we're not taking a step back with the women. Yeah. When it was TV 14, we saw bra and panties matches. We saw mud matches and like that. And pillow fights. Yep. Yes. So I hope we're not taking five steps back when we've already taken steps forward for the women. That's my only concern. What the men do, if they want to bleed, if they want to do whatever, that's fine. For me, it's like, I hope that we're not going back to a place where, oh, because we know, even though everything going on with Vince McMahon, which we're not going to cover here, but Vince McMahon still has creative control, right? I'm wondering if this was something that they've kind of been thinking about and now it's kind of hitting the news and it's kind of a weird timing because it is so weird and I feel like they should have done this sooner like if there was a time to have changed the PG-13 you know it might have been when they had Bray Wyatt oh yes they had the fiend like that would have been such a perfect time and Finn Balor was like coming out as the demon every now and then. So that would have been so good. And now I feel like, okay, well, Bray Wyatt's not there. So what kind of character would you have kind of be extra unless they have like Roman coming back for blood, like literal blood in the bloodline? Mm. I, I don't know. Maybe. I didn't even think of that. I think with the addition of like blood and stuff like that, you do have some of the matches that can come back that we haven't really seen that much of, you know, the hardcore matches or like, that's a whole nother thing. WWE has not really been doing themed matches anymore. Like how they used to when I first started watching, you know, you had hardcore matches, table TLC matches, ladder matches. And I know they still have them at pay-per-views and stuff like that, but they would incorporate those like randomly. And I really appreciated them because now it's like, we don't really get that anymore. It might be at like a theme pay-per-view, but even when we went to Hell in a Cell, there was one Hell in a Cell match. What are we doing here? I wish we had more of like the matches where they're backstage, a backstage brawl or like stuff like that. I don't know. Maybe with the incorporation of that new rating, they can bring some of that stuff back. I think that would be interesting to compete with AEW since they do stadium matches and stuff like that. Maybe someone was watching that brawl in the T-Mobile arena at Double or Nothing and they were like, hmm, we can do that. Change it to TV 14. They're on to something. We got to do things like that. Throw Sammy Guevara off the top rope. They said Eddie Kingston, he's coming out bloody with a gas tank. Change it to TV 14. We can do it better. (laughs) Speaking of AEW, this is a very serious topic, guys. Okay. We have a missing person. We do. We have a missing person. And I feel like as two podcasters, it is our responsibility to let you know exactly who this missing person is and when they were last seen and their stats, right? It's honestly something really important. And we truly care about things like this when they do happen. And like you said, as two 
uh, podcasters, I feel like it is our responsibility to let people know because I feel like we can help, right? We can make a difference. Absolutely. This man was last seen June 1st, 2022. His name is Maxwell Jacob Friedman. He is 26 years old. He is 5'11", which I don't know if I necessarily believe that, but he is from Long Island, New York, and we have not seen him. The last time we saw this man, he called his boss a f***ing mark. And he asked to be fired. Yes. Mm -hmm. He was last seen in a red button-down shirt, long sleeve button-down shirt. If you have seen him, please tweet WWDCAST or Rest Friends and let us know where you last saw him. This is very serious. And he goes by the name MJF. Yes. Um, If you bump into him, do not approach because he is very... He is violent with his words. Yes, he can hurt your feelings. And we do not want your feelings to get hurt. Not on this podcast, not on any podcast. Just take a picture of him and tweet us. That's the best thing to do. Yes. And your prompt response is very appreciated. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you, Iridian, for joining me for another episode of Chardonnay and Cheesme. Where can the people follow you on social media? And tell us about your new podcast that you have that is not wrestling related. Oh my God. So I'm going to give my wrestling info first. So you can head over to Rest Friends on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. That's Rest and Friends together, like wrestling friends, because that's what we are. We're your wrestling friends. And head over to our link tree and that will give you access to our YouTube. And we have a lot of cool stuff on there. Lo makes appearances every now and then. And she will make more appearances when she comes for all out. So be on the lookout for that. And my new podcast is called The Chicago Set List, and it is very music oriented. And I interview a lot of, you know, musicians, songwriters, you know, people who are um, musically gifted. So I'm looking forward to a lot of things that we are going to do there. So make sure you head over to iTunes and Spotify and you will listen to the Chicago set list, and I hope that you enjoy it. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Wrestling Wind Down. You can find all of our other episodes available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, iHeartRadio, and wherever else you listen to your podcast. We're also on Twitter and Instagram at WWDCAST. Let us know what you thought about the episode. What was your favorite part? Until next time, enjoy your wine, and of course, enjoy your wrestling. Cheers! Cheers.